When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forgive me for sending you up.
Shabbos before before Pesach called Shabbos the great Shabbos. What's a great person? Small people are all good or bad. Or they're happy or they're sad. They're always. This is very important to remember. You know when God says to Moses, tell Pharaoh to let us go. So. Moshe says to Pharaoh, the the God of the Hebrews, sends a message to you. And, you know, we basically we are called Hebrews. 
Because the Gemara says in Hebrew, Eva means the other side, right? Because like the world is on one side, and we are on the other side. Okay, that sounds good. But just got to be a bit better than that. Mm. Is it really true we are on one side and always on the other side? Because we have no connection, right? So here comes the Ishbitz of Ishbitz is like the master of all the masters. This is the deepest step. The whole world can only stand on one side. They're too limited to be on both sides. Mm. On both sides. You know what a great person is? A small person is on this side of the ocean or on the other side. Here, Gewalt great, you know, expanding, right? Both sides. What are the two sides? You know, the world only knows, oh, I love you or I hate you. Oh, if I love you, I'm infinite, right? Do you know the truth is, Pesach, the most, most loved holiday, right? Mamashkat lifted it out of, uh, out of slavery. Then Mamash, like, the light which is shining, say, the night's awesome. Awesome, right? On that night, you're so limited, right? You know, like, you're so careful, right? Well, you know something very deep. By the world, <clears throat> when I love somebody very much, I'm not careful what I say. It's my wife, it's my children. I can do anything. Because I'm only on one side. Oh, I'm open, I love it, lovey, uh, whatever comes to my mouth. The truth is, the truth is, when you love someone, you have to be so much more careful. Right? But you see, the world is too small to love and to be so careful. You know what most people say when I love God, who God doesn't mind, right? I can do anything I want to. Not true. And you know what the most important thing is? Pesach is the most loved, it's the holiday of Abraham, right? And it's the most, most, the most laws in the world. Because God took us out from Egypt because he promised Abraham. But also the beginning is always Abraham. <clears throat> and you see, I tell you something else. On one hand, when you love somebody for no reason, it takes a lot of greatness, right? The world, even when they love something, they judge. Why did that Romovino let every poor man into the house? We should judge them first, you know? Do you have lies or not? You have dead bugs now. Are you are you dramatic? Are you are you a pagan? Right? What's the big thing of, about Abraham? He entered the covenant of God, he sees three pagans. Why did he let them into the house? It's pagans. See, on one hand, On one hand, you know, Abraham Avinu even prayed for Saddam that night. Abraham, the night of sin, he prayed for Saddam, right? Please just love me, love me, I don't care, Saddam, they're perverted. No. 
pray for you, you should become a man. Doesn't mean I permit you, I permit you promoted me. No. See what the world is? When they're in a loving mood, they, they, they have compassion with all the murders. And when they're not in a loving mood, then they kill anyone. They don't know. They cannot stand on both sides. So on one hand, Pesach is the strictest holiday there is, and the most loving. So Saturday night, first of all, you know, we just remember Saturday night, what is really, really, really the light which is coming down is the, this is the deepest light there is. You know, can you imagine with how much love God created the world? Because basically judging begins after he created the world. When he created the world, there was nothing to judge, right? There was no world. There was nobody there. Say something very deep, you know. Imagine I meet this girl, she's very beautiful. I love her so much. And the more I get to know her, the more I judge her, right? Then it falls apart. They always say, why do people get divorced after they're married, why not before? (laughs) 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 Might as well knock it off before, right? (laughs) Well, the answer is, they're not close enough to judge each other, right? Before, it's just, before God created the world, there was, there was nothing to judge, right? After the mess, oh, I don't like the way you brush your teeth. I don't like the, I don't like the towel, the color of the towel, right? I mean, I'm saying stupid things, right? But there's something to it, right? So on one hand, Satan night is mamish, the way God loved the world before he created the world. You need to say like, you see, if I love you for a reason, I'm a slave. To love somebody for a reason is really I'm addicted to this. You know, I take the world. They only like people of the same religion. You know what that means? They're slaves, right? They are slaves to their religion. Ah, you do the same thing, I love you. You do something else, I don't love you. You know what the Nachman says? You think when you are a servant of God, you're not a slave? You're also a slave. You can be a slave to God's service. That's also bad. Even to serve God like a slave is also bad. Sure, you have to serve God, not like a slave. You see, to fear we were slaves, to God we are servants, not slaves. Slave means I'm in chains, right? Not in chains. I'll tell you as an example, right? It's not 100%, but a little bit. You know, you keep a night, you have to go to shul. Especially if you're the rabbi of the city, you better go to shul, right? <laughs> the whole city is waiting, waiting right? <clears throat> so Rabbi Yitzhak was the holy of holies 200 years ago. He's on his way to synagogue. And Badich of thousands of people waiting for him, right? He passed by a house and he hears a baby crying. He walks into the house, 
and he sees the parents left for the synagogue and the baby's all alone. So he didn't go to the synagogue. He stayed with the baby. Mm. You know how much freedom it takes to do that? Mm. You just know I have to go to the synagogue, they're waiting, and let's stand by the window and look at maybe somebody's going in it. That's a simple. Okay. Also something else. The Gemara says that until we came out of Egypt, God was feeding us. You know, a little baby. Parents feeding us. Imagine you're 25 years old, your parents are just like giving you a thousand dollars, make your own business. when you came out of Egypt, God said, I give you so much life. That means God is expecting us to do something. Say the knowledge to become a servant. You've got to do something. Okay, let's, we have to learn so much, but I just want to make it fast. So what's the difference between being a servant and a slave? I tell you what, a slave is someone who's crawling on the floor, right? Remember learning it? A man's servant, how am I showing to you that I'm your servant? I bow down before you. I'm lying on the floor. What, what, does, what does the world do when, when they're your masters to put their dirty feet on your face, right? What's God do when he says, our master, he lifts us up, right? Um, Does it have anything to do with choice, Shlomo? Be a servant or a slave? We have a choice to be you a servant. You have choice, yeah. But a slave is... is, yeah, you, you is have See, you can believe in God and do every mitzvah like a slave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you want to say? To be a slave means that you're identified. Means you're not there. But to be a servant, you're there. You're 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 there with being present to be there with God. Julie, you're not 100% right. You're 2 percent right. But it's you know you're saying it in different words than I said. You see, God doesn't want us to annihilate ourselves. You know, without saying anything bad, from all religions, we don't fall down before God all the time. But Shona one time, then Kippur three times. And every other religion, crawling on the floor, getting up, falling down. Let me ask you, when we stood on Mount Sinai, how do you think we were standing on Mount Sinai? Also, you think we were lying on the floor, Moshe went, put your nose on the floor there. <laughs> It says, Pony with Pony Mamish, we have an eye to eye with God. And here, I want you, this is a Torah from the Vachim, which is a must to remember. When we daven, it says, Vachol Koima, the Fonerat Stachle, and every straight standing human being bows down before you. So the way the world translates means that 
every human being falls down before God. It doesn't make sense. So the Hashem says, the way to show respect to a human being is to make myself small. I'm five foot seven, and before you, I'm becoming one, one foot. Right? The way to, to serve God is make yourself as tall as possible. The taller you make yourself, the more you honor God. Mm. You see what it is? It's so deep, you know. I don't want to say anything bad, you know. In most schools, discipline means that they cut the children short. Mm. Cutting the children short, right? Put the fear of God in them. And by the real, by the rebels, is to make yourself as big as possible. Okay, so Saturday night. First, let's go over first again. Sunday night. Sunday night. One more time. What is a great person? It's really beautiful. A great person. You know, it's called the great Shabbos. Why it's called great? So he says, a small person judges for what he sees. A great person looks into the inside. Right? Until we came out of Egypt, we looked at us being slaves. For 210 years is a terrible thing. And this Shabbos God enlightened us that it was so good for us. Suddenly we looked at it like great people. You know, the manager says, you know, when we, when did we, when did we learn what it is to suffer in this world? Right? You know, take a person who has never suffered. You know, remember we were learning? Nothing is, ho is as whole as a broken heart. You know, a person... Hey, Ronald, you wanted to do something? What? No, no. You wanted to sell the comments or anything? No, no, no. You just came. <laughs> what? We have to go, we have to go. Are you talking to Nehemia? Yeah, I can do this. Hey. Give him my two zillion regards, okay. yeah? Tell him I miss him like Kate. Tell him maybe to give me a ring sometimes for no reason. Okay. Tell this lady there to come in. You hear, friends? I'll tell you something, you know, like. You know what a small person is? A small person sees a poor man, right? And he has nothing in his pockets, right? It's disgusting. A great person doesn't look at his pocket. Maybe his heart is, maybe his image just went a little over. Right? Inside. Right? 
You know, I remember Rabbi Eger, I'm throwing names at you, came to Kotsk and just take it 180 years ago. So the father of Rabbi Eger was very much against it. But anyway, he went there and he came back. So his father says, uh, what's going on in Kotsk? What did you see there? He says, you know, in Kotsk, they are very reluctant to give honor to anybody. Because, you know, you want me to give you honor? Let's see if you deserve it, right? So he says, in Kotsk, the only person to get up when he walks in is the rabbi. There's one more person to get up to. He says, when Yosele, the biggest schlepper in town, when he comes in, everybody gets up. He says, who's Yosele the schlepper? He says, he doesn't even have money to buy a yarmulke. So he has two, two leaves tied to his head. <laughs> he, his pants, each side is a different color, you know, another pair of pants. <laughs> shirt, who knows. And he has no shoes, but he has a sack around his feet. And he says, you know why we give him so much honor? Because he's so humble. So his father says, what's so big about him? He doesn't even have money for a yarmulke. He has a sack of shoes. Why, why should he be proud? So Rabbi came back and he told the Kotzkerab. My father says, what's so big about it? Kotzkerab says, he's so poor, he doesn't even have money for young. He is so poor that he doesn't have money for shoes. Usually when people have nothing, they have to imagine they're something, right? But if you're a great person, this doesn't even register. If your yarmulke is two leaves, or the, who cares, right? You, you measure your whole life in different levels. Okay, now would you open your heart? The Mesefte, the Tractate of Sochem against Ayala Boosa, the light of the 14th. Basically, in Hebrew, I want you to know this is so beautiful, we always think that the night is dark, right? It's not true. There's two kinds of light. There's daylight. And there's the light of the night. See, the night, the light of the night is so much deeper. So much deeper. Remember, we're learning it a thousand times. You know, I love this girl very much, so I'm standing 12 o'clock, broad daylight, people also look at the sun, how the sun is. 
as we go, right? Oh, I love somebody very much at night, standing there looking at the moon. You know why? Because the sun is the outside light of the world, and the moon is the inside light. You know what inside means? You don't see everything. It's a little bit light, a little bit dark. Something else, right? You know, when I tell you about another person, I know them to be upset. Okay, I'm looking at them with the eyes of the sun. You don't know. I can say I know everything about you when you were born, where you live. I know how your nose looks like, so. The night, so much daylight. So basically, you see, a free person, a slave person, is somebody who judges everything by the outside. What's the beginning of our freedom? Ah, the night. When did you walk out of Egypt? When did, when did the process of redemption begin? First night. See, walking out of Egypt, you see, you have to realize two things. When we were slaves in Egypt, we were slaves mentally, spiritually, and then also physically. So physical redemption took place in the morning. We walked out of Egypt, in fact, we walked out exactly 12 o'clock. Pharaoh shouldn't say, ah, they went out in the middle of the night, and we know. 12 o'clock, we brought daylight, we walked out. But the redemption inside happened at night. So you see, Satan night is not so much the redemption, the physical redemption of Egypt. Satan night, what we really celebrate, is the inside redemption. So deep. And this is Mama's really so beautiful. What is the deepest redemption? The deepest redemption is if you have, if God shines into you, that you know who you are. That you know who you are. Your place in the world. I think I told you that the Nazif, did I tell you? Yeah, maybe yes. Yeah? About the books? No. The Nazif, who was one of the, whatever I say, won't be enough, 200 years ago. It wasn't with Snaggit and Voloshim, what it was about. He came out with a book, I mean, a book. The deepest in the world, he made a big feast. And this is a story. This is something why I made a feast. I want you to know, when I was little, I didn't want to learn. I just, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, running around like a dog, right? Every day I'm going to school, to Cheder, the moment the rabbi sits down, I'm, I'm out of the door and come back at night. I don't want to learn, that's it. So one day over here, my rabbi talking to my father. He says to my father, let's face it, nothing good will ever come of him. He doesn't want to learn. He's not interested in anything. Why did you make a good tale out of him? They try to realize 
I don't want to be a tanner. So I put my head into it. And he says, and he was, he was really the greatest scholar in the world. So he says, so in my dream last night, an unbelievable dream, he says, I dreamt that I remained a tailor. I became a tailor. I was a good tailor, you know, honest tailor, didn't cheat anybody, sitting there fixing pants. After 120 years, I'm coming up to heaven. And here the angels come. Now he has written maybe 50, 60 books, you know. I mean, each book is a major breakthrough in learning. He says, I'm coming up to heaven, and the angels bringing in all the books which I could have written. God was a cry. He said, you see, if you would have been learning, look what you took away from the world, because you didn't want to learn. So you became a tailor. All those books were never written. He says, and I was so much in pain that I woke up. So he says, today I'm making a feast. That thank God I had the guts not to become a You know what a slave is? He's a good man. Good street cleaner. A good garbage collector. Would give out what you could have been. Give out, give out what you could have been. But in order <clears throat> but in order to feel what I could have been, God has to show me a great life, right? Now listen to this unbelievable thing. During the day, the sun shows me who I am, which is also good, right? At night, what is God showing me every night? What I could have been. What I could be, right? Not what I could have been. God forbid, I hope you're still living for 100 years. What I could be. You know what Chomet says? It's cute. Nothing wrong. But you know, Chometz, the door rises, rises, rises. But you know what it is? It rises, but there's nothing to it. Nothing to it, right? And you see, it is what I told you. When you are nothing, you have to make yourself so big. Because you are nothing, right? This is unbelievable. The Yismach Moshe, one day he thought to himself, you know, I'm a great rabbi, and Heiliger uh, what's going on. I'm a great rabbi, and ah, so much vanity, so much arrogance. I think you should become a tailor. So he goes down to a tailor, and he says, I want you to teach me how to be a tailor. He starts talking to the tailor, and the tailor says to him, you know, I'm the best tailor in town. <laughs> Where's this arrogance coming from? Right? Ah, so I realized tailors are also full of arrogance. Mm -hmm. Let's become a garbage collector. 
He goes down to the garbage collectors. <laughs> he says, could you teach me the trade? So the garbage man says, you came to the right person. <laughs> because I am, I happen to be the best garbage collector. <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> Even garbage collectors walk around with so much rice. I might as well stay around, you know. <laughs> 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 you know what Chometz is? Chometz is false pride. And here I want you to know the deepest, deepest things. When you really are the most you can be, you don't need this arrogance. You don't need it. Have you ever seen a poor schlepper has suddenly $1,000 in his pocket? Folks not talking about it all the time, right? Have you ever heard Rothschild walk into the house? Rothschild, you know how much money I have? You know, there's in the Gemara, it's, it's, it's a world terror. Take something. When it's empty, whatever there is makes a lot of noise. When it's completely filled, it doesn't make any noise, right? Mm -hmm. Rothschild's money doesn't make any noise, because he really has it, right? Mm -hmm. If you have two dollars in your pocket, <laughs> see something awesome. It's true, you know. You know, some, I don't want to say anything bad, but sometimes it's coming to <laughs> what? Hiding your mouth. Montreal, Yagavald. You see, Montreal is only it's only the money which makes noise, but not its wisdom. You know, is always humble. Have give me your attention. You know, if you are, I tell you something awesome. I think I mentioned to you. Two great rabbis came over from, from Europe, right, after the war. It was like, it was 46, 47, anyone want to mention names? The first two great rabbis who came. One was a chosid, one was a misnagi, I don't want to mention names. One was into mysticism, the other one was like, just learning. So, first they introduced a person who was into learning. Someone gets on stage and says, I want you to know he is the greatest scholar in the world today. And, okay, then he has to talk. He says, no, I'm not the greatest scholar. And he says, no, I'm so, so embarrassed. And he talks like that. Then he starts talking what he has to say. Then the Chesidosh Yid, Chesidosh Rebbe, he says, Mama, she's the biggest tzaddik today. He's a Rebbe, she's a Rebbe, you know. He gets on stage and says what he has to say. He says, no, 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 I'm not, you know. You know, the one who was really not was so happy that they said he's, he is. So he wanted to talk so much about it, right? But he can't say, I'm so glad. They say, I'm the greatest. He says, no, no, no I'm not. You know, I've seen a stupid joke. It's an old borscht belt joke. <laughs> that a woman of 85 is standing on on 2nd Avenue and 5th Street, and she yells, help, 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 rape, rape. <laughs> 85 years old. So the police cars, 15 police cars coming, 
says, hey, Bobashi, what, what's happening? <laughs> she says, rape, someone wants to rape me. <laughs> Can you be blind? <laughs> so they say, where, 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 where? She's, she's not now. She says, 60 years ago. <laughs> so I said, 60 years ago. So what do you want now? Listen, I'd like to talk about it. <laughs> okay, you hear friends. Now listen to this. What do I need to fix my neshama? I need two things. I need God to show me what I could be. And also I need God to show me why didn't I do it yet? What keeps me? What prevents me from not being? You know what Ishbutha says, what's Chometz? It's not bad, you can eat it all year long. But Pesach, Pesach, when God shows you who you are, what you could be, Chomets is one thing which prevents you from being what you could be. Chomets is this one thing. You know, everybody knows Chomets is a crumb of mushroom. It doesn't have to be 10,000 tons. One crumb. You know what keeps us, what prevents us really from doing what we are? One stupid crop. And the, I want you to open your eyes, it's so deep. On Yom Kippur, I'm standing before God all day long confessing my mistakes. The night before Pesach, when I'm getting the chromos together, I'm not standing there and telling God what I did wrong. Because I realize one thing. Everything I did wrong was because of this one crumb. And you know, Satan, I'm not saying, oh, I'll be better, I'll do this. Don't talk so much. Let's get rid of this, of this one crumb, right? <laughs> Just one crumb. Right? And you know where the crumb is? Not in the center, in the corners, right? Where do you look for hummus? In the corner. I don't bother looking at the corner. Hey, in the corner, that's where it is, right? Mm -hmm. I push it off in the corner, it's lying there. Sometimes lies in a hole. Cute little hole. Who looks? You better look. And after I get rid of this crumb, you know, there's no stopping. So good. Won't you know something so deep? You know the day I don't want to say anything, marriage counseling, right? They talk, they talk, they talk, they talk. It's, it's good you keep a talk. But you know what they need? They need to find this one little piece of chumas which prevents it. There is one crumb between people which doesn't let them get together. Always one crumb. Let's see, a lot of people sometimes people say, I, my children are not so good, we don't understand each other. Ah, then you got 
take his for for therapy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, maybe it's just. But the first thing is Pesach, right? Yom Kippur is half a year later. First thing is is Chomet. Got to get rid of this one crumb. And you know what the crumb is? It's not forbidden. The crumb is not a terrible thing I did. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. Not for you. I want you to know this is the most beautiful thing. The beginning of Masech Tepsochem, talking about language. Right? Why don't you open your heart? The Talmud says, Rabbi Yochanan walked in among the priests. And you know, there was a showbread. Every Shabbos, they would put in 12 little breads, like little rolls. Just remember, 12 little rolls, and there are thousands of priests. How much does one priest get? A crumb. Smallest crumb in the world. You only get it once in your life. Because next Shabbos, other people come, right? So he says he interviewed two young people. He asked the first one, how big was the crumb you got? He says, as big as an antenna of a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I could swear there's nothing good will ever come of it. Then he asked, the other priest, also a young priest, how much did you get? He says, as much as the first ray of the sun. Mm. Mm. He says, I could swear that he would be the high priest one day. You see, sadly enough, in my heart, it's a deep, I'm sure, in yours too. You know what's ha happening in the world? They don't wash their language. You see what it is? On one hand, Pesach is so much love, right? So you say, okay, say it, anything, 10 times F and 10 times S. No. Last time I flew in, when it was in Tower there was a movie, right? It was heartbreaking. So never Kevald, heartbreaking. She'd all live long, never. The husband of this woman never was killed. So on the way to the on the funeral, this part of the movie, New Age, she's yelling, Where's my F husband? Where's my F husband? And everybody's crying. I didn't cry. I mean I cried. What do you want to prove, right? What do you want to prove? That you're completely free? Listen, if you want to be completely free, why do you have to go in a toilet, do it on the street? <laughs> is, there, is there anybody more free than a pig? Oh, it's free. That's not called free. That means you don't know who you are. You're not an animal. You're not a pig. You know, what is the deepest knowledge? I have to know I'm God's image. You know why Pharaoh enslaved us? 
because he didn't believe that you got finished. He believed that the slave is a bit higher, maybe one inch higher than the people. Say the night is very clear to us. Say the night is clear to us. So your mom is God's image. When I'm God's image, I'm not a slave. When I'm not God's image, I'm language. I want you to know if someone really knows my good. Do you think we say bad things about Pharaoh? We don't say bad things about Pharaoh. We should say this F Pharaoh, this disgusting creep, you know? And start cursing him like crazy. I told Sammy, two weeks ago I'm walking on the street corner, a little holy hippo that comes up to me and says, Hey, where's your F synagogue, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault because this is what they think is called freedom, right? Not freedom. I told you. I think I'm free enough to put my nose in the garbage bin and sit there. It's <laughs> not freedom. Not freedom. Degrading. Okay, now listen to what he says. Say the night, I mean the night before Pest, before I go out, out of slavery. Because until you know who you are, what you could be, what you could be, you're a slave. You're maybe less than a slave. You're nothing. You're nothing. So the night, all aboard. The, the light, the night before Passover, where God is shining into me, God is shining into me, what I could be, and also shining into me what prevents me. It's just one crown. Mm. It's only one crown. And it doesn't even hurt. The moment you find the crumb, you put it in a little plate, and the next morning you burn it. You don't have to do chewy even. See, Yom Kippur is a long process. I'm repenting, and I promise God I'll do this. Just get rid of it. One more thing, this is the deepest depth. I want you to know, say the night, everything which God wants to give me is really coming down from heaven. In fact, I'm sorry? I think the whole year? Forever. You know, the Zohar Kodesh says that basically say the night, what is shining is really the light of the redemption, light of Mashiach. And even if it takes generations until it really comes out in the open. But it's there already. God gives it to you. Whatever I need, whatever I want, for all eternity, is given to you. But therefore, he says, when God gives you so much, the smallest crumb is in the way. I'll tell you on a simple level. I have this girl, a second, my secretary. She has a little crumb of hummus. Does it prevent me from making her my secretary? Why not? So, so something wrong with her. It's a good secretary. When it comes to marrying her, I'll think twice. 
because ah, to be so close, this one little chomet, this one crumb doesn't belong there. The more, the more closer it is, the more this one crumb is disturbing. Then he says, is there any great joy when God shows me what I can be? Is there any greater joy in the world when God shows me? What is preventing me? Let me just get rid of it. Get rid of it. So therefore he says, and this is the deepest thing. Until the night before pass, I'm getting rid of real heavy chumas, which is in my hand. But then there is some chumas which is so deep, I can't even see it. I cannot see this in my eyes. But the night before Pesach, God is showing me. Even that chumas which I cannot really see, God is showing it. You know, won't you know something, friends? We are so deep, you know. There is one chamber deeper than the other chamber. And I don't know where this crumb is, right? Usually you are looking for it in the wrong, in the wrong place. So say tonight, it is not to be believed. Okay, something very important. You know, one of the greatest gifts God is giving us is imagination. Where would we use that imagination? Somewhere, somewhere, somebody imagined that there could be an airplane, right? Mm -hmm. It was imagination, right? Brother Columbus imagined there has to be a country somewhere, right? The whole world, the advancement of the world is all based, based on the imagination. What's the difference between a small person and a real big person? Right? A small person has a small imagination. Right? A schlepper doesn't have a single pen and imagines, I have thousand dollars in my pocket. Right? You're a little bit bigger, you imagine I have two million dollars. When it comes to learning, someone says, oh, give himself a PhD. And someone else has deep imagination. Chometz is the wrong imagination. Is that how Paul thought he could enslave the Hebrew with that? I'm sorry, what? Distorted imagination. It's what? Distorted. Distorted. Yeah, you're good. You said the right word most of But Mayor Flynn last night said that that means like people who do chronic worrying is distorted imagination because they're not imagining what they could also be. Also included, yeah. I mean, whatever you can say is how it's said last night. Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. 100%. Because knowledge is only you know what is. Imagination is what could be. 
But in the differences of what's in control is the sacral in control of imagination, not the ex the heart. The sacral's in control, and the ex the is in control of imagination, and it's harmless, but it's good. Right? But in Leonardo da Vinci invented a helicopter, even that's impossible for it to fly according to the scientific method. But because he's got an imagination, he could, was accurate, he could tune into the MS and yeah. see it. And that, that, that's not harmless. That's not 100%. But you know what prevents people from being close to each other? All this crazy imagination. Okay, imagine I wake up in the morning. Oh, that's Shabbos morning. Let's say Tzvi comes into Shul. I say Tzvi, good Shabbos. Tzvi says good Shabbos. But the way I'm imagining, I'm imagining it, hey, he didn't say Shabbos so friendly, good Shabbos so friendly. <laughs> Who knows what he's thinking? Then a builder, not only he's thinking, he's my enemy. Not only he's my enemy, he wants to destroy me. He only wants to destroy me, wants to wipe me out. Not only wants to wipe me out, he wiped me out already. <laughs> you know what anti Semitism is? It's all imagination, right? Although you know my toy about anti Semites. I say, it's unbelievable. They think about it us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all they have to do is think good, but they <laughs> What I do with someone who's not an anti-Semite, he doesn't give a damn about us, right? <clears throat> so you see what it is. Why don't I take the poor man into my house? How can you have the heart? Your house is full of food. It's warm, it's beautiful. You see poor men on the street. How can you have a heart not to take him in? Because of imagination. In fact, I'm not an imagining it, it's true. He's a dope addict, right? I also know he's a thief. And I know everything else about him. He's an ex-convict. Yeah. I know the whole thing, right? Say the knife and it fix my imagination. How can I pass by a poor man instead of taking him in? And I want you to know something else. God bless you. It goes without saying. Who has... Who has the sweetest, most pure imagination? Our children. Children. So Saturday night, it begins with the children asking the question. Okay, now I want to just... Are you cool about things? Maybe it doesn't fit in, but you said the same wording is said in Jerusalem. Um, when Rabbi Kahane got killed, he said yeah. he only saw what it is. That one must see what could be. That's the same wording. Who said so? You. Oh, I said In the so. Israel Center. Yeah. Ah, that's a good term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only told nice things about him, but this was the only thing. Yeah. The only. Only nice things. Yeah, only nice things. But this was somewhat different. Yeah. He only saw what is, right? He didn't imagine that our biggest enemy is suddenly going to be our best friend. He was missing 
this imagination. Yeah. I don't want to say anything bad. Remember I told you, I don't want to say it, but it's true. You know, Carl Heitz is terrible, right? Yeah, somewhere we start again getting involved. I don't want to say good or bad. <clears throat> I met this black brother. They say, hey, you know, I tapped him on the shoulder and say, hey, brother, what's happening? So he says to me, you talking to me? He says, you know, all your brothers in Crown Heights, they don't talk to me. The same way, that's, this, this is what it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't want to put the blame on them, but it's give me a little clue. Mosher Lieber going to help you do that with the concert? Yeah, I know. Did you hear what he said about Crown Heights? Yeah? I don't know if you heard. Yeah? Wow. Did you hear what he said? Did you give him my regards? Yes. What did he say? I speak to the director. I'll tell you something. I don't, I don't want to brag too much, but it's too much, right? But I'll tell you. A few years, Lillian was there. We're going to see him Saturday night. I don't know if you remember. One second. Um, when we were at the rainbow gathering in in Pasadena. Okay, so it was about two, three thousand kids. Richard Haven was was playing from nine to twelve, and humbled me from twelve to three. Saturday night. So first of all, you know, I don't want to say anything bad. The other people made me crazy. He said, go out with James, what's this cover there? So people say, quit while you're still ahead. <laughs> they said to me, a lot of people, don't you see everybody's with them all the way? What are you going to, 12 o'clock, you'll start singing, show me his heart. It doesn't go, right? So I would, people say, why don't you leave right now before you start and make a fool of yourself? <laughs> Fifty percent of my friends told me that. Mm. I said, "How I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Abdullah for three hours. Was <laughs> <coughs> the longest Abdullah ever did. Was the highest. Don't know if you remember. Who held the candle? That's what I want. <laughs> Well, that's a good cash. <laughs> don't, don't. I was really serious, you know. It was awesome, you know. But after the whole thing was over by three, I really want to know if Richard Haven stayed or he left. So, I'm just about finishing. Mom is the first person who came up to stage the two. Which table, you know? Without begging, he says, You have the whole world at your feet. Just give out, you know? You see what it is? It took me a long time to learn that we are not bankrupt. We have something to give to the world which nobody has. Nobody has. I remember. When I began singing, without mentioning names, I was very friendly with a whole group of black people. And you know, when someone invites me for New Year's evening, 
A Jew, I say, no, it's not Rosh Hashanah, I'm not going to your party. What did you do Rosh Hashanah night? Did you celebrate? You didn't, forget it. If a non-Jew invites me, 100%. So there was a whole group of black folks invited me, right? And there was three of those top rock stars, you know? And they had this wild orchestra. And I just came to say, you know, we were spent about three o'clock I wouldn't leave. So the master of the house, very cute couple, he says to me, you can't leave, I promise them that at the end you're gonna sing. I said, listen, brother, really, you know? <laughs> Don't put me to shame, you know, here are those top rock stars and this layered orchestra, you know. And finally I decided to sneak off. To what? To sneak off, you know, just to run off. I didn't have need to play piano with me. <laughs> anyway, he was a very cute brother, you know, he was very, very cute. I'm just about, I managed to get my guitar from the room and I'm just about walking out and suddenly someone put me by my ear. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. But you know what it was? I was singing with him from 5 till 11.30. Mm -hmm. It was so holy, you know, we turned on the big lights, we were sitting on the floor with the candles, told them Siddish stories. Mm. And you would think that after such a wild night, they're not, they're not into it. They're always ready, you know? Mm. Okay, I'm just saying this. You see, an assimilated Jew is somebody who doesn't believe that we have something to say. Anyway, I'm starting now the Seder. We have about 20 minutes, so a little bit. Just remember, friends, we're learning it a thousand times. What's my first connection to people? What is my first connection to God? Not questions. Not questions. Imagine I meet a person. I don't know who they are, but I just love them. The first meeting is not questions. Say, who are you? Ah, where do you keep your money? Who's your father? Are you married? Are you divorced? Are you Jewish? Are you Catholic? <laughs> 10,000 questions, right? Yeah. Doesn't go this way. The beginning is no question. Just so glad to see you. Oh, later on I can ask you. So the Alexander says the deepest term. The beginning of the Seder is not Manishtana, what's going on here? No. First thing is Kanish. And this is the most beautiful Torah in the world. He says, you know what holy is? Something which is so holy, I don't dare destroy these questions. Mm. I'll tell you something. I, I had this unbelievable experience. I don't know if I walked, I was charged with any of this help. We are walking down to the holy wall. And uh, a car comes riding in, you know, an official person. And he comes under the holy wall. And the first one he asks, he says, when was this wall built? 
who built it, when built it, and the whole thing, you know? What's his problem? He's not standing by the Holy Walk. You could see a video of Rockefeller sent to him. You come to the Holy Wall, you ask questions. Don't ask. So the beginning is Kaddish, Mamash I just want to be so holy. I want to taste the holiness of the world. I want to taste your holiness. And then our children ask questions. And I just, we learned it a thousand times. But it's just so good to know. Zorkurish <clears throat> says there are questions which have answers. And there are questions which have no answer. But you can ask. When then, then there are questions which have no answer, but you're not permitted to ask. He says, what is the level of Manishtana that children asking questions? It is basically the questions which have no answer, and you're also not permitted to ask. It's even too personal with God. You have to be so close. You have to be so close. But our children, they're always on the line. Our children asking, and everybody knows a bit, you know what they're asking in a nutshell? They're asking one question. We're celebrating our freedom and Gewalt will be in exile. Gewalt will be in exile. The whole time is my Babana. You know, he says Gewalt after 1492 when they're driven out from Spain, right? How can we celebrate Pesach? I don't know if you know this, when they were driven out from Spain, never. Do you know that half of the Jews died on the highway? No. They left. Another country wouldn't let them in. On the highway. So, what the answer is in the deepest depths, there's two, as I mentioned before, there's the inside freedom and the outside freedom. What the world can take away from us is the outside freedom. The inside freedom, nobody can take away. I want you to know the old Babacha Rebbe, when he was sentenced to death and then to Siberia, so he was sent to Siberia first. They hadn't decided to shoot him or not, but anyway, they're sending him to Siberia. And you know, Russia is completely different consciousness like in America, the way they send a person to Siberia, especially an outside person, he's not in chains, but the KGB walking with him, he can't run away, right? So the Chassidim managed, everybody brought a little lumber, and before long there was a stage right by the train. And before the KGB had a chance to see it, the guy was standing on the stage. And the Rebbe says, I want you to know 
only my feet are God's spirit. My heart is free. He says, so all the I want you to know, this government has no dominion of our heart. They have no dominion of our heart. Inside I'm free. Now listen to this. What is called free? This is just good to remember. Free doesn't mean I can walk around and kill everyone or steal. What's free? This is Mamish, the deepest Ishbutzatar. He says, every day we say, Lord, the soul you gave me is pure. Listen to this. I want to go to San Francisco. So I'm boarding by mistake the ship to England. <laughs> and I'm sitting on deck and I say, oh, it's so beautiful getting closer to San Francisco <laughs> Looking up to the sky. Someone says to me, you're crazy. You have to go west, you're going east. So you know what I have to do? I have to go all the way back to New York. Then I have to start my journey. He says, imagine I'm getting closer to God, right? Someone says to me, you're completely off. He says, do you think you have to go back the whole way? At that moment, we're going to be close to God. I'm already there. I am so free that I'm there. I'm there. The depth is awesome. You see, if I think it takes me a long time to get there, I'm already not a free person. I'm right there. So you see, Saturday night is not only I'm free. Saturday night I celebrate I'm almost there. Almost there. Now, how do I know I'm there? At the end of the Seder, I know Elijah the prophet is coming. Meaning to say, I'm, I'm for 2,000 years in exile and I didn't make it. Tonight I'm there, if I really want to. One more very deep thing. How do I know if I'm really free or not? It's very beautiful. If it takes me a long time to do it, I'm not free. You know why it takes me so long to do it? Because I really don't want to do it. I have to force myself. You know, let's say, I come to someone and says, can you, can you give me $100? And he looking in his pocket and finds I don't think I have it, I have another jacket. You know what's the problem? He really doesn't want to give it to me, right? If he wants to give it to me, he says, oh, I have it. It's yours. He says, Saturday night, everything is fast. Matzah is fast, right? Kippichah Posen. Why did we walk out of Egypt so fast? Because there was not one billion still inside left which didn't want to be free. I don't want to say anything bad, you know? Look here, God gave us a, a holy land. Forty years ago, we still are crashing around, right? There's still a problem going there. Unbelievable, right? Because we haven't 
cleansed ourselves here. We're not there. We haven't received the purity of the land yet. Saturday night is fast. And also something so deep, you know. When I meet a poor man and I'm thinking twice, should I invite him to my house? And I say, yeah, I'll take. It's not Pesach, right? Saturday night, I don't even know how he looks like. I just open the window and I yell, anybody hungry? Come in. I mean, there's no resistance. There is no resistance. And here, just want you to know one more thing. Seder night is the night when Abraham Avinu prayed for Saddam. Do you know why I cannot turn Saddam over to be from, to be mentioned? Because even I have my resistance against being a man, right? And the people in Saddam, they might be idiots, but they pick it up right away, right? Oh, you're one of us. Who are you to tell me, right? You know, I think something like, I don't see anything bad in Israel. Why didn't we penetrate Shabbos to the masses? Because there is insane, we are not 100% Shabbos together, right? Because if I'm 100%, I can turn anybody on, right? Imagine I would absolutely, really, really love every human being. Then I can go to the world and say, listen, why didn't you love us all? Right. But they can smell, I'm not 100% either. Say, listen, you're not 100%, I'm also not. So I want you to say the night. There's much absolutely hopefully hopefully. You know what has no resistance? He got rid of all the chumas. Chumas is tremendous resistance. I don't want to. And here I want you to know something. You know why people die? God forbid. You tell me I want to live forever? There's so much resistance to that too. Elian Novi, you know why he lives forever? Because Elian Novi has no resistance to life. How much wants to live? I want you to know something awesome. Imagine we would x-ray our hearts. How often are we disgusted with life? How often are we disgusted with other people? How often is the other world is going to dogs? Each time you're saying this, tasting of the death. Resistant life. Elia Novi, Mamish alive, right? Is Mamish alive? And just remember, remember we were learning last year, the Haggadah was composed by Elia Novi. Because, remember, where did slavery begin with the tree of knowledge? Greatest slave driver is knowledge. You know why I don't love you? I know so much about you. I know nothing. And you know why children are the best Seder makers? Because they know nothing. Hey, what's going on here? Right? 
hope, I hope that some of you, maybe most of you, come to the Seder, a good Seder. Let me ask you something. Imagine someone is putting three million dollars for you on the table, right? Say this Gewalt. Want to tell the honor of Sheila's mother? One good story. Um, what I mean to say is really keep your heads high and yeah, clear. Because what God gives us that night is Gewalt, right? Okay, Paramotorich Chernobyl, you know, Shabbos Gewalt, right? And I see them going back home. And you know, Montana Chernobyl is 200 years ago. He had great scholars, great Kabbalists, and simple people. So on this one wagon, there were the most awesome Kabbalists. Then also, Nebuchadnezzar, the water carrier. So the great Kabbalists discussing all the Torahs, deepest secrets of the world. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the water carrier. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't know, right? He just came to fill his heart. And he's reciting the Psalms. Then the Chesidim feel a bit bad, you know, he's on the same wagon. We got to show a little bit uh, something for him also. So one of them says, Hey, Moishele, was it a good Shabbos for you? They look at each other, hey, what does he know about Shabbos? Right? <laughs> Moishele says, It was the greatest Shabbos in the world for me. Yeah? Now what happened? He says, Three o'clock at night. The rabbi called me in and spoke to me privately. Hey, that's so simple. Private is the rabbi, it's three o'clock, Friday night. This is 10,000 times paradise. They say, Moishele, what happened? He says, I was by the feast, by the table, and the rabbi said the deepest story was, deepest teachings, and I didn't understand the word. <laughs> so then I went to the center of his madrash, and I was sitting in a corner, and I was crying. I said, Master of the world, why didn't you give me the privilege also to understand what the Rebbe says? And I felt so bad, and I was crying. You know, the Rebbe feels everything. Suddenly the shamus, the rabbis, his right-hand man comes, says, Moishele, the rabbi calls you. Friday night, alone with the rabbi, I mean, this not to be believed. And the rabbi was so much specific, you know. He says to me, Moishele, the water carrier, sit down and tell me everything you're doing. He says, what do you do in the morning? I say, rabbi, I'm a water carrier. And most people are peasants. They wake up at 2.30 in the morning and they need their water. So I'll wake up 2 and they run down to bring water. Then I bring water till 5 and then I begin to pray. The rabbi says to me, you know, I understand, but couldn't you at least pray a little bit, you know, when you wake up for a few minutes? And I say, no. Rabbi, you know how to be a rabbi. But then how to be water carrier, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you how to be a rabbi, right? I didn't say it so, but I said, Rabbi, this is what the water carrier is all about. You wake up in the morning and the first thing you have to bring water. The rabbi began laughing. 
He says, Moishali, you know how you sound? You sound like Chatzkel David from Kaschelevke. He says, Moishali David, Chatzkel David, one a million rubles. But he's still a schlepper, right? He has no money yet. He has to go to St. Petersburg to pick it up. Okay, he comes to St. Petersburg, Texas. They take off a few thousand dollars. So he has approximately 900,000 rubles and 95 rubles and 35 copycats. So he makes three bundles. He makes the 900,000 and the 95,000 and the 35 copycats. Good. And he's too cheap to use it and take the train. Whatever it is, he walks. <laughs> okay. Next, the shoppers can't keep the money. He goes to the rabbi of the city and he tells him, you know, I won so much money and I'm, can you please keep it for me? And the whole Shabbos, the rabbi sees that he's so nervous because what will I do after Shabbos if the rabbi denies that I gave it to him, right? So right one second after Shabbos, the rabbi runs into his room, gets us two bundles, the 900,000 and the 95 rubles, and he puts it on, on the table before Moshe. You know what Moshe says? Yeah, but we have the 35 copycats. <laughs> he says, you know something? Every night you trust God with your soul. He gives it back to you in the morning. But you don't trust him with your 35 copycats. So the Chassidim said, you know, we heard a lot of good things. But this is the real thing. Anyway, I want you to know something. When parents are alive, they are giving their children usually 35 copies. Sometimes not much more. But when you go up to heaven, then you're not giving your children 35 copies. But you are sending their children the 900,000 and the 95 homes. So, <laughs> I, want, I want you to, okay, let's hear it. Well, first I want to thank you for the opportunity and I want to thank Sammy. I've never been able to ever have the opportunity to learn by the phone. I appreciate it. Sammy suggested that I talk about the Berachat Mishnah, Paragalat Mishnah, which starts off, uh, Emat Sai Hurin et Shma Biarvit. From when onwards are we to read the Shma in the evening? It's a very small little Mishnah. And it's a very simple little question. And it's just dealing with one portion of the day, the evening. The evening says so much. And so Rabbi Eliezer says right away, he says, from the moment when the priests come home, because the priests have to have their tithing, they do up until the end of the first watch. But then the Chachamans say, sages, no, this is uh, until midnight. But Rabban Gamliel's sons once came home from the festivity, and so they said, 
you know, they hadn't recited the Shema, what should they do? And he said, no, you have uh, until dawn to do it, and it's your duty. And so the sage says, well, not only in this case, but all cases where we say until midnight, it's actually inferred that you can do it until dawn. So then another question comes in, why didn't they just say the first three stars, you know? And they wanted to bring out that there's a connection with the temple, there's a connection with the priests, and what happens in the evening, and how long can you bring the sacrifice? And the word sacrifice, we've always learned here, is really has to do with sanctification. We're always working on trying to get rid of that last bit of hummus, that last bit. And so they go on to say, well, why, why did they say until midnight? And the answer was to try to keep a person from, from committing a sin. Because to be able to recite the, the Shema is, is such a mitzvah that the, the whole Kriyat Shema starts the whole liturgy off. And in Hasidus, Sammy was explaining to me that the emphasis is on the ema, because that's that sense of fear. And, and basically what Hasidus is trying to teach us is that we have, to, we have to say it with the idea, when will I be able to achieve the greatness of my ancestors? When will I, like Rebbeel used to say, can you imagine that they thought about every little aspect and hours and hours and every little, you know, when to do this and why not to do this? And, and, and this is, Hasidus is saying the same thing. It's a connection to the priest, to the whole idea of truma. It's also a connection to who we are, like Shlomo was just saying, to our roots. And it's, it's also a way of our getting the heavenly yoke, receiving it so that we can serve God. And also, I noticed that it's, it's the 175th mitzvah, and I was thinking for those people who like Gemara, you know, uh, the one, the one God, the seven is the seven patriarchs, the five can be linked to Jacob and its ferret. And one and seven and five equals 13 is one. And we, we always know there's no accidents. And um, Sammy was pointing out that there's always a difference between how Hasidus looks at things and how the Misnagdan looks at things. The Misnagdan looks at it like, you know, the when you, when you eat, when the priests eat, that time period, that it's, it's uh, we're connecting it to the past and yes, it's, it's food for the body, but it's also sustenance for the neshama, and it's holy food, and, and it was a whole spiritual thing. But Hasidus is very down to earth, like the Kutzkel. He always says, you know, the gut. He wanted to know about the gut. And, and the Hasidim, Sammy was saying, say, if you want to see how someone reads the, the Krishma, you have to watch them when they eat. That's why it's so important to be with Hasidus with the Rebbe's Tish, because how you eat is you're not eating, you're elevating the food. Yet eating is done here. It's very important to be in this world. And, and we have to remember that when, when we call out the Shema, we're calling it out and we're calling it out in a way to know that we cannot go beyond this world. We have to be in it. 
We have to integrate ourselves into this world. And so we have the spiritual sustenance, which again, we're talking about evening. And um, the evening we've been, we've had so many lessons from Shlomo about how it's the darkest period of the night. It's, it represents the exile, it's harsh. And we need something that will give us the strength and the sustenance to get us through the night. So our, our, it's a good thing for us, it's a bad thing, because our day starts in the night. So it's like right away we're given a tool, you know, because it's like we have a way of starting. We're starting at the night, so we know we're going to get through it, because we have the day to look forward to. There's that potential there. And so um, the Hasidus says, don't transcend like Ms. Nagin say, don't take this and make it a lofty thing. You know, you're here, you're here because you have to be shown how to live. So you use the food as a way of saying, we are nourishing the body, we're elevating the food. Now, my mother's name was Malka, which has to do with kingdom, Malkut, and she passed on uh, right after the Seder. It was the first time in two weeks that we had left her because we had to do the Seder. And we came back and she was just leaving this world. And it was a very awesome thing because she, this was 10 years ago. And it was like she purposely was waiting until Pesach. She did not want us to have to sit shiver. She did not want us, I mean, I can't even do a whole thing for her because you're not allowed to do this in the month of Nisan. And she did this on purpose because she was, when she was born, she had polio. And as a child, she was called a cripple. And she was a tiny little four feet eight woman. She was told she could not have children because she was paralyzed on her left side. She told my father, if I don't give you a child by the end of the first year, you can divorce me. She went on to have eight healthy children. <laughs> she taught us how to pray. She taught us that you have to look beyond what a person is, that you cannot, you cannot, you're in this world, you have to live in this world, you have to be responsible for each other. You have to not look at what a person is on the outside, you have to go beyond. And mamish, every year it's like I get more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And I always thought my father was the holier one, the capitalist. And I realized my mother was the Hasid. She was the one because she was, she knew how to live in this world. And um, and I'm I'm very grateful and thank you for the opportunity. We're grateful to you, darling. Come, let's say Kaddish together with Sheila. Come in. Stand next to me, darling. Now, can I go back? Should I do it, though? Well, okay, so it's okay to do it tonight. No, I'll say it with you. <coughs> okay, can you stand? Kadumis Kadash Merabo. Omadokus, Yamla Kokose. Piatma Pokone, we call him Mishifi. Kayakal Yamekai, Kayakal Kobeti. Amen, Heishmerabu. 
Don't you know when a little boy is initiated in the in the covenant of Abraham, then Avraham Avinu comes in the light of the prophet. So Avlevin Eger says every Saturday night, Mamish, all of Israel is initiated in the covenant with God. So Avraham Avinu it's a Seder, right? But uh, you know he comes at the end. So it's very, very special. You know what it means, getting rid of the chumas? Chumas is old, right? Because it's from yesterday, right? Not mm -hmm. says now, right? The most terrible, the most terrible, the most non-Jewish thing in the world is to be old. The most slave kind of thing, right? Remember the Kotzkeba says, if I'm a Jew today, because I was a Jew yesterday, I might as well not be at all, right? Whatever I do today, because I did it yesterday, the imitation is not the real way. So, say the night, as long as it has to be for the first time. Well, you know something? Imagine I'd never heard my, my children talk. For the first time, my children open their mouths and talk. Blow my mind, right? Samanishtana is the first time. And also imagine children would have never heard their parents talk to them. They'd be so happy the parents are talking to me. Oh, thank you so much. And also, this is an age would say, you know, if I would have never seen a poor man on the street, imagine. I didn't know there's such a thing as poverty. I walk in the street and I see a poor man. Givaldos, he came to my house fast. I see you're hungry, you don't feel good, right? Why, do I, why don't I take a poor man into the house? Because I said five yesterday, 10 the day before, and 200 the day before, right? Don't even register anymore. Saturday night is almost for the first time. And... Um, <coughs> And you see, Saturday night, you hope Elijah the prophet is coming and bring peace to the whole world. Because all the hatred in the world is because of yesterday. Everything is yesterday. So God should give us much unbelievable newness. Amen. Oh, you okay, Sammy? What's that? Come here fast. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's. Okay, now let, let me enlighten you, friends. Sadly enough, it's, it's, I don't know who's followed it, but the real huge book, sadly enough, we don't use so much. I wish we would. We're not on the level. 
So the big Gemara, the big Shemaras, we don't use. This Sidurim and all those books on this shelf we use. So if you can appoint maybe three, four people who... You know what you do? I'll tell you what you do. I learned it from my parents when I was two years old. You take a book, you go like this. Just two, three times, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Your point, Trevor. Please, this is part of learning. Trevor, please. We need, leave those books here on the table. We need some two or three Trevor to, to, you know, do this to some Auslufsen books here. <laughs> Not the huge books because we didn't use them. Over there and the rest, if anybody, all we need is about 15 minutes to come upstairs and put all the books in the bookshelves. That's it. Yes. And that's it. Peace. So, in the Hummel Shop, also, yeah? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.